0: All right, we welcome you back to the 6 o'clock hour. Yeah. Elena St. James has been covering the Red Wings for a really long time. In my mind, she does a great job of it. She's been doing this for the Detroit Press. I've been honored to work alongside her for many, many years. Uh, back when they were winning a lot, and uh, she continues to do it even though they're not winning a lot. Uh, she's just written a book, or a book has come out on the clock. Detroit Red Wings behind the scenes with the Red Wings at the NHL draft, and she's on the line with us right now. Hi, Helena.
1: Hey, Mitch. Nice to chat with you.
0: Nice to chat with you too. So, why? Uh, I mean, there are many moments in history to write a book about the Red Wings. Um, this is about the most uh, a a a recent draft.
1: No, this is their entire history with the draft from back uh, oh, okay. when it started in the '60s, and you know, wasn't really uh, didn't really have much of an impact on teams up until you know it really took off in the in the 1980s uh, Got it. when teams really started to use the draft uh, to, to build championships.
0: So this is really the history of the Wings in the draft. Exactly. exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, th- now that's that's a book. So I was going to say. Last year, was that that great a draft that we really want to just do a book on that? Uh, so th- the, the front office for the Red Wings was largely responsible for their success during that stretch of years where they made whatever it was, 21 straight playoffs and everything and won four Stanley Cups. I imagine you get a lot into how their foreign scouting ended up influencing their draft, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite chapters in there is, is on one of the scouts who actually, he started out uh, being a fishing guide in Argentina and drove uh, taxis in Stockholm to make ends meet and started uh, through a friend, uh, uh, started scouting uh, part-time for the wings. And eventually now he's he's their full-time scout and somebody who most recently is responsible for six foot eight Elmer Söderblom in the lineup. But, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, was instrumental in 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 getting them so many of, of those picks that have made the difference. And um, you know, yeah, there's there's a great story in there. Nicholas Lidstrom, you know, his him drafting him involved uh, lying to his agent about knowing who he was and ordering an astronomically expensive pizza in Stockholm. So uh, just full of really great <laughs> anecdotes in there.
0: Well, I love that kind of stuff. That's what everybody remembers. Uh, how, did, I, now you got me curious. How did the pizza get Nick Lidstrom? <laughs>
1: Well, it was uh, it was one of the scouts or the assistant GM for the Wings who took him out for a pizza, and he said he doesn't remember much about anything else except when, uh, you know, how, how when he got the bill at a pizza hut in Stockholm, which is no longer there. But um, you know, just just it, it ties into the whole 1989 draft when the Wings got you know Nicholas Littler in the third third round. Sergei Fedorov in the fourth round and just the, the subterfuge that went on. It's a lot harder to draft now because everyone has scouts everywhere and knows everybody,
0: right. you know, but
1: back then, you know, there was a lot more uh, stuff behind the scenes going on.
0: Do you have a conclusion as to what would be the most significant draft pick the Red Wings ever made?
1: Well, I think you're going to have to find that him in, in chapter one with, with Steve Eisenman. I mean, you know, he really transformed the franchise. And, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people probably know they they really, Wings really wanted Pat LaFontaine, but the length that Mike Illich was willing to go to to try and get Pat LaFontaine, you know, this was was in 1983. That was really Illich's first draft. They bought the team in 82, but it was so close to the draft it really they, their people had no impact on it. And Pat LaFontaine from the area, you know, the Wings had 2,400 season ticket holders when Mike and Marion Ilitch Illich bought the team and Pat LaFontaine, who was a superstar in Quebec, you know, was the perfect fit. And there were, there were a lot of lengths Mike Illich was willing to go to to try and get Steve Eisman or to get Pat, Pat LaFontaine into a wings uniform. But, you know, look what happened with the guy they, they settled for. Uh, well, what, you know, remind our,
0: our listeners, what, what did they miss out on, on LaFontaine because of their draft position?
1: Yes, exactly. The wings picked fourth, and the Islanders took Pat Lafontaine at number three. So, um, so it was it was like getting a prize you wanted snatched right before you got to it. Right,
0: or or, or what we call every lion season. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> uh. exactly. <laughs> um, well, who was one and two? I'm just curious that year.
1: That was Turchin and Lawton, or, okay. or the other way around. So, so it's actually. I mean, Jimmy D talks in there extensively. He he knew Steve would be a good player, but you know, and he talks about how he he felt bad because he had talked up uh, Pat Lafontaine so much that he knew that was why uh, Mike Gillich was so dead set on, on getting Lafontaine. So, yeah. um, it's 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 a it's a great chapter. Um, and who really would you so say essential. who would you say
0: was the Red Wings Tom Brady pick? You know, a late round pick that turned into a hugely significant player.
1: Well, you know, I might actually say. I mean, Thomas Holmstrom was like a a 10th round pick and won four cups for them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the joke at the time was he was the only player to come out of Sweden who couldn't skate. But, um, (laughs) Uh you know, for the position he was in playing in front of the net, I mean, I don't know that anybody did it as well as he did it at that time. Uh, So, you know, you talk about a a late round pick or, you know, I mean, if you want to go in more skill, uh, Sederberg, 7th round, Datsuk, 6th round. Um, you know, that, uh, I mean, Datsuk was another one, you know, uh, the Harkin Andersen, the, the former fishing guide in Argentina. I mean, he was one of the only scouts who had seen Datsuk and that involved going into Russia. And, you know, he talks about the plane he was on the, the way they de-iced it. It looks like they took a giant hair, hair dryer out on the, on the field in Moscow to to de-ice the plane. Mm -hmm. So it just, uh, all sorts of harrowing trips to try and see Datsuk, but, um, you know, if you want to get go for how many, got how many cups won probably Holmstrom, but for for skill of their position, probably in a late round, Datsuk. Was yeah, it one I mean, of the six round.
0: was it one of the big years when Joe Murphy? I always remember the Joe Murphy and the Jimmy Carson thing. Was that a big choice when they made that pick and Joe Murphy? I know it didn't work out, but was that a harrowing thing for them when they should have took the hometown kid?
1: It, it was tough. I mean, you know, that was that was an '86, and and they needed you know to to really hit on that pick, but. You know, I mean, uh, you know that he he played at Michigan State, so you know it it was like yeah, um, I mean I I either won and and no it didn't look it didn't look like a great pick, but you know Jimmy Carson played in Detroit as well, and it wasn't exactly a huge success. So um, you know sometimes yeah, I mean you'd like to think if you get the number one overall pick, it's going to be a game changer. Um, in the year the Wings got it, unfortunately it just it just didn't really pan out for them.
0: All I know, Helena, it's about time a book comes out with a whole chapter dedicated to Reed Larson, a steady defenseman while wearing the winged wheel and a laser of a slap shot.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, and, and actually, it's it's funny to bring that up because uh, after Jimmy D drafted Steve Eisenman and, and Bob Probert, you know, they, that was that same 83 draft, he took him around uh, downtown Detroit and, and by, you know, talked to them about the players and, and Steve brought up uh, Reed Larson and, and that uh, and that shot of his.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm looking at a chapter here that I have to ask you about. How about that nice Vladimir Konstantinov? Uh, nice not generally being the word that came before Vladimir Konstantinov. What's that about?
1: Oh, yeah, well, that's how they, they came to draft him. You know, and back in 89, I mean, the draft just went on to infinity and they were in the 11th round or something and, and trying to figure out, you know, who should, Which we pick. And at that time, you know, the Iron Curtain was still up. So, you know, they decided in the fourth round all right, let's draft Sergei Fedorov. We may never see him, but if he ever does come over, the Wings own the rights to, as Jimmy D called him, the best teenager, best 18 year old player in the world. Konstantinov had been part of a huge brawl with the junior team. And that was where, that was, so that was kind of tongue in cheek referring to him as, as that nice Vladimir Konstantinov. Everybody knew. You know what a what a tough tough uh, player he was for not being a particularly big guy. So, uh, yeah, that was just I thought a great way to lead into that. That um, hmm. that was kind of how they describe him as, as that nice that nice uh, guy who who got in fights and beat everybody up.
0: <laughs> well, it's a great idea, uh, and it's a book whose time has come, and you can pick it up now. Uh, it's out on the clock, Detroit Red Wings. Behind the scenes with the Detroit Red Wings at the NHL draft, and that means all drafts. So it's a great idea, uh, and we're happy to talk to you about it. Helena, I wish you tons of success with it. You deserve it.
1: And can I just throw out, uh, if anybody wants it personalized, just email me, hstjames at freepress.com, my emails and all my stories, and uh, I can be happy to personalize it for anybody. It makes an absolutely great gift.
0: Yeah, it's a great Christmas idea. People can get this Amazon, other places.
1: Every, every online and booksellers everywhere, absolutely.
0: Booksellers everywhere, all right. Great to talk to you, Helena. Thanks very much. Thank you, much Helena St. James from the Free Press and that new book. It's 760-WJR.